You're listening to OK So Tell Me About, the podcast for the curious and lazy. Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Nyati. And you're listening to OK So Tell Me About, the podcast for the curious and lazy. We're like Wikipedia, but far less informed and a smattering more fun. should also probably add now a little bit less structure than Wikipedia. You never know what you're going to find <laughs> in the next episode, really. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we, can't, we, we, it's kind we of like, have some tent poles. We have our quiz and Oh, and yeah. Stuff, the, the, but... Yeah, structure of the episode itself. I just yeah. meant kind of like you go to Wikipedia looking for something, whereas yeah. in this podcast you are... Definitely not looking for half the things we're telling you about. Um, <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. But you're glad you found them, you know, I yes. think. <laughs> it's like we're like the random button on Wikipedia. Yes. Have you ever tried that? That's I have. Fun. And we're just like a fun version of that, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Or we're like the Netflix version. You know, oh, with the new feature. With the new feature. Mm. And you just hit that and you get possibly some utter drivel, well, but so, also some gems. So I never really tried that um, function on Netflix. I hit it by accident when I was trying to scroll. And it's a, it just started That's playing an analogy random... for listening to this podcast. <laughs> and it just randomly played me like an episode of Friends from the middle of the series just randomly there and I was like well I wouldn't complain if that came no, out exactly maybe so... that's all that button does it just plays random episodes of friends and everyone's just like wow, wow. I really love what? this button exactly. it really plays some good stuff <laughs> right so what are we actually doing here um okay so tell me about the lake district yes the lake district um you mean, or... ah the lake district <laughs> ah the lake district I wandered lonely as a no <laughs> Ah, the Lake District. Uh, or I should say the English Lake District, because I think there are actually many Lake Districts or Lake Areas around the world oh, in really? different languages. Um, however, this one is an area of Northwest England, known for, guess what? Does it start with L and end with aches? <laughs> <laughs> well done! Oh my god! I know! You're going to rock the quiz at the end. <laughs> yes! So there are probably hundreds of bodies of water in the Lake District, although around maybe 15 that are like the largest that people go and go and visit. It's like your Windermere's and your Grassmere's and your mm-hmm. Olds Waters. A popular tourist destination uh, that's well known for its famous residents and visitors down the ages, like Beatrix Potter of Peter Rabbit fame, the original mm-hmm. books, not the god-awful movie. William Wordsworth, another poets, John Ruskin, and now, of course, literary genius Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Yes, who I believe is well known among uh, Lake District waitresses as looking like an American singer. (laughs) Ooh, look at that (laughs) subtle reference to the folklore album. Get it? It's really good. And I should add that uh, among those illustrious people who'd my parents, who live just south of the Lake District, so I know it rather well. Hence why I am mildly qualified to talk about the topic uh, yeah. on this podcast. You know some of the lakes in the Lake District. I do, so, yeah. So there you that's, go. That's it. I know the, of, of the lakes and the districts in the Lake District. It's also known for its mountains, otherwise in the Cumbrian lingo called Fells, which is in part due to the books of writer Alfred Wainwright. It's home to England's highest mountain in Scarfell Pike, which at 914 metres is smaller than what Scotland, Wales, most of Europe, India and just about everywhere else has to offer in terms of high mountains. But (laughs) it's also a very lovely day out if you happen to get a nice quiet day for it. Nice. So there you go. Any thoughts before we kick off? Well, just a full disclosure that obviously I've been to the Lake District, mm. but my knowledge is pretty limited 
yes. of the actual area and the lakes. I mean, I know Windermere, which is like the classic tourist spot. Mm. And I know pretty much one walk <laughs> in the area that I can confidently manage. And it's the only one I've ever showed anybody else who's ever asked me about the Lake District. So I know a tiny fraction, I suppose, yeah. about the topic, but there's a lot I don't. Let's see if we can at least double that in, yes. uh, in, the, in the coming minutes. Okay, well on that note, it's time for a little history. Here's the history of the lakes. Okay, brace yourself, we're going well back. Human settlement in the Lake District <laughs> took place about 5,000 years ago. Celts, Romans, Angles and Vikings all came to settle the area. The main industries for many hundreds of years were hill sheep farming, hence the iconic Herdwick sheep, and mining. The emergence of canals and railways, we're jumping forward quite a bit now, the emergence of canals and railways in the, in the late 18th and 19th centuries meant that it became easier to travel to the lakes. Among the new visitors were poets like John Keats and Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and of course William Wordsworth, who among his poetry wrote A Guide to the Lakes, published in 1835, which, along with other factors, helped Victorian city dwellers get to know the area and aided the rise of tourism, which is now central to the lakes. In 1934, the charity The Friends of the Lake District was founded, dedicated to protecting the lakes and founded in part to campaign for a national park to be established. The campaign was realised in 1951 when the Lake District became the second national park after the Peak District to be established in England. Since then the national park's boundaries have remained pretty much the same until some land to the east of the park was added in 2016, bringing it right up against the Yorkshire Dales National Park. Then in 2017 the park was formally designated as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So that was the Lake District then. Let's chat about the Lake District now. So obviously it's a huge place for tourists to come, both locally, particularly in this current year, and further afield. Apparently each year, obviously notwithstanding 2020, Park sees approximately 12 million visitors wow. each year, either from the UK itself or from China, Spain, Germany, the US and Japan, uh, particularly the latter as Beatrix Potter's pretty big over there. So they're the main folks coming to enjoy the lakes. So obviously people come to the lakes for a whole number of reasons. So Beatrix Potter, William Wordsworth, all of that culture. Also the natural scenery, so a lot of hikers and cyclists. Obviously then, you know, there's actual homegrown industry that isn't related to tourism so your agriculture mainly sheep farming occasional bits of mining that sort of thing there's even the keswick pencil museum which you know a must pencil, pencil museum. museum which you know must draw uh, thousands if not millions draw thousands if not millions exactly <laughs> but um, of course i pretend that was on purpose <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting with all those different things in the mix there's obviously a lot of tensions between different groups. Ooh, so drama. Obviously, tourism is the main thing. You want to get people in your cafes and your restaurants and your pencil museums and everything, and your little and your little craft shops. But how far do you go with that? So 
you know, there's a lot of controversy around new developments in the Lake District. So quite famously, because I think it was part of, or there have been a, a series of attempts to establish zip wires in the lakes. Okay. Obviously, zip wires, you know, gets, you know, oh, that sounds, that sounds like good fun, let's mm. all. But obviously, you know, if you've got a ton of people on a zip line, probably, you know, so in, for example, there was a one to um, go right across Thirlmere. So big lake, a uh, zip wire right across. Now you can imagine someone doing that and screaming all the all the way yeah. from from one one zone to the other, and so you one know, after another, one after <laughs> another, one after another, uh, in what is the heart of the Lake District. So the the Friends of the Lake District, which was the charity mentioned earlier, campaigned against that. So their members wrote over three thousand letters to the planning authority in opposition to a proposal to put an attraction of eight zip wires across Thirlmere. Oh my um, god, eight zip wires. Eight zip wires. So, but that was headed off. So that was saved. But there's also been controversies recently with like Land Rovers and like companies set up to do like, you know, off-road Land Rover rides in Little Langdale sort of towards the south of the Lake District. And that's gone ahead. But, you know, it's obviously ruining paths and tracks for walkers, right. lots of pollution, quite noisy. Same, same with motorcyclists as well. What is, so what is the idea? They just get in Land Rovers and drive around the countryside, but yeah, off-road. Off-road. So it's that's bumpy. So and Yeah, sort of, yeah. Um, I've never tried it myself. But that's so weird because I feel like that would only be fun if it was like a safari type of thing where you'd see like, I don't know, actual wildlife or something. But I can't imagine hmm. in like the Lake District countryside. Like, what would you be seeing? What's the excitement? Like, oh, lovely, calm and peaceful rolling hills mm. and sheep. And we're walking about yeah. in a Land Rover. Yay. Exactly. That's it. That's um, so weird. So, yeah, so it's a strange one. Yeah. There's a lot of conflict between, you know, that sort of development and then the more sort of traditional tourists to the Lake District. You know, people who come there to walk, see the sights and see, you know, the, the, the views, nature. the nature. That, and not the zip wires. And not the zip wires. And see see the same things that Wordsworth saw when he walked or Alfred Wainwright or Beatrix Potter and see that sort of timelessness yeah. about it. And the hill farmers who, you know, responsible for the land in, in most instances and don't want a big Land Rover or zip wire or whatever to sort of get in the yeah. way of, of what they're doing. And that's all really been enshrined in the UNESCO World Heritage Site declaration because, as was happening recently, they were saying that if these Land Rover tracks keep multiplying, then the UNESCO World Heritage Site is going to be under threat because that's dependent on the Lake District being remaining in place. So that brings a lot of conflict. Even then, there's even further controversy around, you know, who is the Lake District for? Because there's a writer on The Guardian, George Monbiot, who's quite a famous environmentalist and, and writer on environmental issues, who actually argues that sort of trying to maintain the Lake District as a sort of, you know, little theme park for hikers and hill sheep farmers is actually going against nature and, you know, what, oh. because originally it was full of sort of native 
woodland that has obviously been cut back either for sort of new forestry or for to clear it for sheep uh-huh. which has issues which are twofold one is obviously these are would be natural habitats for for animals and things obviously you know a lot of these are long are long gone now mm-hmm. but it used to be a th- sort of thriving you know thousands maybe years ago it used to be a thriving sort of natural habitat and also sort of cutting down woodland and that sort of thing also causes major flooding risks because if there's trees about the rain comes falls on the lake district and then the trees absorb it up and obviously falls in the lakes predominantly but there are no trees and the rivers will just take it straight off the hillside and into the nearest town like Kendall sometimes Mm -hmm. gets flooded because of the demands of farmers further upstream. But I assume neither group want Land Rovers. No, indeed. So they they can all agree (laughs) (laughs) to keep the Land Rovers and the Zip Fires out. Um, But it's, it's just funny because obviously it's such a lovely, peaceful location but almost because of that, there's all these sort of simmering tensions underneath, yeah. you know, people trying to protect the it. The dark underbelly of the Lake District. Exactly. That make a great to... Netflix reality show. <laughs> <laughs> like Selling Sunset or whatever, like that mm. um, reality show. Yeah. Just trying to think who we'd, ca- who we'd cast in, in, the, well, in the dark world of the Lake District. I mean, set the scene, right? You've yeah, got yeah. your... You've got your protagonist or antagonist whichever way you approach the the story (laughs) yeah well you've got the guy who wants to set up a zip wire yeah you've got land rover guy land rover guy you've You've got hiker and you've got sheep farmer sheep farmer pencil museum has got to feature yeah absolutely the um the owner of the pencil museum let's get emma thompson in to do uh to do to be the pencil museum owner i think she'd do a good job she'd do a good job at anything to be honest you could cast her as a sheep farmer and she'd be excellent she would be excellent, yeah. Right, well, that's that then. Maybe maybe she could just do all the roles. I was just going to say that, and I thought, no, that's stupid. Don't say that. <laughs> right, we're going to dig in further to some Lake District knowledge, but we're going to do it through our handy medium of a quiz. Woohoo! So... How um, hard is this quiz? Two out of the three are multiple choice. Okay. Okay, so I'd say not sort of... Dry stone wall, hard, but maybe limestone pavement, hard. Okay. Um, it's some... one of the questions about rocks. <laughs> no, just some Lake District geological uh, awesome. nerdery for you. Love it. Question one. As we just said, the Lake District became a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2017. But what was the reason given for this? Is it A, it was an important natural site? Is it B, it was an important cultural site? Or was it C, it was an important mixed natural and cultural site? Weird. I mean, the correct answer should be C, but I don't know if that's the answer that that's the um, reasoning given for the World Heritage Site. So I should say at this point that some, so all UNESCO World Heritage Sites fall into one of those three categories. Okay, so they're all real categories. They're all real categories. It's either natural, cultural, or a mix of the two. I'm going to say C, a mix of the two? Incorrect. It's oh, actually it cultural? B, it's a I cultural I thought site. so. But which is fascinating, isn't it? Because you think cultural sites, you think Jaipur in India is a cultural site. Clear buildings, whereas the Lake District is obviously as, as much a rural 
area. As I think I actually think that's kind of accurate, if not a little bit damning, because essentially what they're saying is there's actually not that much naturally and from a biodiversity perspective maybe actually special about the Lake District. Like the felt aren't that special, the lakes aren't that special, they're not like the biggest, the greatest or anything, which is probably accurate, right? It's a lovely but, place. Yeah, it's beautiful, but it's like it can't, it, can't, it doesn't have a claim to fame on any of those kind of like standard dimensions yeah. for like nature. Yeah, like, for nature. From because a nature perspective. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, they're saying like there's nothing that unique from a natural perspective, but actually, the only reason people care that much about the Lake District for people who don't know it already yeah. is from a cultural point of view because of hearing about it from authors and singers. writers and singers. But it's actually true because I had heard about the Lake District as an A-level English student because it was in poetry that we studied and stuff like that. And I, I just knew about it as, a, as an area and it was kind of one of the only places that I knew of England. Like yeah. I had never heard of the Peak District, for example, mm. or anything like that, or any yeah. other kind of reserves or like, protected areas. Obviously you hear about Scotland. Yeah. But not really about England, so the Lake District does stand out, and that's really because of that literature. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It is, so um, I think that does make sense. Yeah. Even yeah. though... It's, it feels counterintuitive, but it does yeah. make sense when you dig in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's rogue. It's rogue because yeah. they're just like, okay, well, calm down. It's really not that naturally special. <laughs> yeah, but then, of course, I mean, the irony is it's the natural beauty that, that sort of fueled, the, the, place, that yeah. fueled the poetry and the writing. Okay. On to question two. What percentage of the Lake District National Park is actually owned by the Lake District National Park Authority, which is the organisation responsible for looking after the National Park? You've got four possible choices. Is it A, 3.9%, B, 23.9%, C, 43.9%, or D, 63.9%. I'm gonna go with B, 23.9%. Interesting. Is it right, is it wrong? I'm sorry. No! It's actually A, 3.9%. I thought that was just too small to be believable, but then I I was thinking about it and I thought, yeah, it should be a small number because actually a lot of the land must be owned by the farmers. Yeah, so the rest is variously owned by the National Trust, who own obviously you mm-hmm. know a lot of the houses around England and, and the UK more generally. The Forestry Commission, United Utilities, who obviously for a lot the of the water, or individual farmers and landowners. So in fact, for example, some private landowners actually own entire mountains. Wow. So in 2014, a community group called Friends of Blencathra tried to buy the mountain Blencathra when the Earl of Lonsdale put it up for sale. Just the Earl just put it up for sale. Wait, so who buys mountains? Well, the Earl obviously owned the mountain. The Friends of Blencathra tried to buy it. So this was a community group set up to, you know, bring it out of private hands. But they were outbid because an unnamed private bidder paid 1.75 million over the asking price. (gasps) So there you go. Oh my um, gosh, who wants to own an entire mountain? Like, I surely that's just for your own amusement because people are allowed to walk on the mountain, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so, like, what what do you actually get? You can build, like, a... Pri- like, can they build on that land and stuff? Could they maybe, like, have a private little castle at the top of the hill? Is that their dream? Um, it'd be pretty tricky on Blunt Catherine. It's quite a pointy peak. So then what is the reason for just, like... I don't know. Spending money on that? That seems creepy. Yeah, Some people... Vanity 
just have too much money and are <laughs> bored and like then they do stupid things like buy mountains that they can't do anything with just to be like i have a mountain i own a mountain like big whoop mister or miss or missus or emma thompson <laughs> emma thompson okay so actually i'm going to give you two more questions so you can see if you can claw myself back claw yourself to some... back yes absolutely so alfred wainwright was uh, a writer and walker in the 1950s ish who wrote a series of guides to walking the fells the mm-hmm. lake district mountains he sort of set a limit that above a certain height that will count as the lake district mountains so there were 214 across his several books wow, okay. that, that qualified for this. And there's now a competition or a challenge to try to walk every single Wainwright, as they're called. Okay, um, wow. There's a similar thing in Scotland with Munroes. So these are the Wainwrights. So in 2008, a young boy became the youngest person to complete the Wainwrights. Can you guess how old he was? Oh my god. Five. I'm going to give you the point. It was six. Oh, but he might have been five when he started. And that's really not the relevant age, but anyway. So, there you go. (laughs) That was a pity point. (laughs) I won't forget. (laughs) You'll have to uh, give me one in return at some point down the line. Well, we'll see. So, finally, the Lake District is known for its lakes. But the majority of them aren't actually called lakes. So with most use the term mere, like Windermere or Buttermere, or water, like Oldswater or Derwent Water or Coniston Water. How many of the lakes in the Lake District actually have the word lake in their name? Oh my god, I can't even think of one. Zero? Is that your final answer? Yeah, <laughs> I can see your face, which our listeners do not have the, the privilege to see. And it's clearly telling me I'm wrong, but I have literally no idea what the right answer is supposed to be. Should I change it to one? <laughs> the correct answer is one. <gasps> Wait, so I did change it to one. I think you kept it at zero, to be honest. No, I, we caught it on audio. <laughs> I'm not it? sure. Can I change it to one? And you didn't answer me, and you just told me what the correct answer was. So really, you you should give me the point. I might just edit it out when you asked. Um, and, wow. And can... Wow. <laughs> so it's one. Can you name it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bassenthwaite Lake. Or are they named differently, like Derwent Water or Windermere? Is there a meaning to those mm, names, or is it not? Just... No, I mean it's not got anything to do with size or geography. Yeah. I mean, Windermere is the largest of the the lakes in the Lake District, or the largest lake in England. That's obviously called Mere. Was Water is the deepest lake in both the Lake District and England, and that's obviously called Water. So both quite huge in their their particular way, yeah. but still called, you know, different things. What about Rydal? That's Rydal Water. Damn. <laughs> He's Why trying to think... find a, a loophole well, here. because <laughs> I swear I thought it was Rydal Lake. I thought I saw a sign or it's like that in Google Maps or something oh, like that maybe. Um, as a as a callback to what I previously mentioned in this yeah. episode. That is the one walk in the Lake District that I do know, Yeah. Uh, which is around Rydal Water, which Rydal I thought water. was Rydal yeah. Lake. Yeah. 
hmm. which is um, Wordsworth Country. No, ah, he was yes. wandering along Ryder Water, perhaps Grasmere, when he wrote I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud. Um, I so think that, Grasmere. That area. That's certainly where his Dove Cottage is, but whether where he was at that time, because they're both like right next to each other. I know, sure. as I discovered when I got a little bit lost and then popped out in Grasmere. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's nice. <laughs> Stopped off for some um, Grasmere gingerbread. There's lots of little local delicacies in, in the lakes. And I strangely uh, did not... Grasmere's. I strangely did not go anywhere, which mm. is odd, but mm. I, I was a student trying mm. to save money, so I probably <laughs> thought, you know what, let me not truly experience the place. Yeah. Let me just dip in and out. <laughs> dip your toes in the, in the yeah. water. It rained on me the entire time, and mm. I had nothing waterproof because I was still n- sort of new to England and didn't think that was like a necessary part of my wardrobe. <laughs> when it absolutely um, is. Yeah, when it's just there. like a second skin. Yeah. But yeah, that was mm. fun. Yeah, it's interesting talking about Bassenthwaite because that's maybe one of the few areas where there is quite a lot of wildlife because it's quite well known for its ospreys, its sea eagles. So you can go and see in the little binoculars, you can get behind and and see the the ospreys, I believe, or at least you used to. I haven't been there in a good wee while. But yes, yeah. Well, there you go. If you need need tourist tips, as I think I've given several of your friends now uh, to the Lay District, then... Customised itineraries are available. Indeed, indeed. I'm not charging yet, but yes, do get in touch. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked us, please give us a review and a rating at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at OKSoTellMe and subscribe to our podcast so you receive the next episode automatically. Until then, keep it curious, keep it lazy, and we'll see you next time. The Lake District became a UNESCO World Heritage Heritage Site. Became a world a UNESCO. Mm.